0: Welcome to episode thirty-five of Constructing Comics, a podcast building comic stories one page and one panel at a time. In this episode, we are going to further review the movie Avengers: Endgame and talk about the Batman movie news and rank the John w- and rank the John Wick movies. Um, spoilers for Endgame, of course, and spoilers for the first two John Wick films. In case you haven't seen them, I would recommend pausing this podcast and going and giving them a watch. Um, This is Noah, and I'm joined by the regular host of the podcast, Matt. Hey, how's everyone? And we are joined this episode by Nerd Culture's Ryan Permisson.
1: Hello, nice to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Awesome, awesome. So just to start out the conversation, uh, Ryan, what are your initial thoughts on Endgame?
1: All right, so after seeing this movie with... um, uh, actually, I saw this by myself, believe it or not.
0: <laughs> oh, I did <laughs> too. First time.
1: Oh, first time. Okay, cool. Yeah, so, yeah. All right, we can relate <laughs> on some level. This is fantastic. We're off roaring start. Uh, after seeing this movie, I was, uh, my gosh. Um, I think a lot of people had that expression on their faces. Wow. Uh, it was amazing. It had a lot of great moments. I thought it uh, ended a lot of the characters' arcs. Uh, really well There were some characters that stood out for me more so than others that really surprised me during the course of the film uh but I, the thing i will say most about this movie avengers endgame is the third act is one of the greatest if not probably m- maybe the greatest third act you've ever you're ever going to see in a comic film maybe a film ever because the way it all uh comes together and they bring everybody bring everybody back and you got dr strange and all these other characters coming in and like it's a full full just blown out war with thanos and the black order and his army i believe it's the shitauri and you have the avengers on the other side of the coin it's like this is this is mega like this this is i mean it's better than anything you're going to get in some of the other comic movies we've had in recent years so I really liked it. I really, really liked it. Um, I think uh, after a few more viewings of the film, I think uh, my opinions may switch or two because there were a few things about the movie that kind of confused me as far as the subplot of the time travel and the time heist situation. I couldn't fully wrap my head around it. And then Captain America and how he was able to return all those uh, stones and whatnot, that was kind of confusing to a certain extent. But like I said, I'm going to go back and I'm going to see it again and again. And maybe once I've seen it two or three more times, my... Mind will be able to connect the dots and uh, all that jazz. But overall, it's, it's a really, really good film. I think in the end, I, w- I would put it slightly below Infinity War. I think between the two, Infinity War is the better film. Uh, between those two, anyway, it's not like not counting overall my MCU rankings. But it's, it's still a really good movie. If you haven't seen it, what are you doing here? Uh, <laughs> it's one of the best... It's one of the best comic movies we've had. It's got a lot of great uh, emotional moments. It's got some good character arcs and some good comedy, too. Like, the levity in this film was better in in this film than it was in some of the other MCU movies we've seen uh, in the last couple of years. So my hat's off to everybody who worked on this film. Everybody who worked behind the camera and in front of the camera because they put a lot of uh, eggs in this basket. And boy, did did they come out the winner. Like, if you're in Vegas and you're betting the house, they won it all. (laughs) So congratulations to Marvel and the MCU. They did a fine job.
0: Yeah, no kidding. And it's, it's hard to rank this versus Infinity War because Infinity War is a solid film on its own. You know, it's, it's trying, it's got a very central focus and a central theme to it. With It's basically about how Thanos wins. And this movie, the whole movie is like a giant third act for 11 franchises, you know? It's sort of, it's and it's everyone, every review that I've heard, everything that I've listened to, people are like, is this even a movie? You know, it's just, it's hard to, to pin it into like, put it into a box somewhere. And, um, I just saw it for the third time, uh, like a week ago. And I think it's gotten better for me on each viewing. So it's, it's, uh, it's a good, I think it's a good movie, but at the same time, I don't even know. It's like, it's, it's more of an end of a, it's more of like a uh, I don't know, not even like uh, the end of a franchise, but it's like uh, it's like the third act of a franchise, I would say, even more than it is a movie. <laughs> but uh, Matt, you agree on everything pretty much as well?
2: Yeah, and um, on our earlier review, um, I had uh, kind of reversed my position on, on Steve's ending. And I guess since that episode when we discussed, I, I think I am reversing that again because apparently... Yeah the Russo brothers came out and said that Steve was Peggy's husband. Okay. Um, so he did not go back in time and steal Peggy from another, <laughs> from another man. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that now, but I do have another concern though. Is it okay? So if Steve went back in time. He's eventually going to get to a point where uh, Captain America, the first Avenger comes out so that we have, in that timeline, do we have two Captain America's running around and is Steve just going to be content to sit on the, uh, the sideline and, and and not help out?
0: Yeah, that's, that's, well, they, 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 they say, and I, am again, I won't go into this too deep because I think how probably 90% of our hour and a half review two weeks ago was me ranting about the physics of the movie. Yes. Um, the, uh, They made it clear, though, that having two of the same person in one timeline doesn't mess up the time stream because, like, you know, Tony doesn't necessarily – well, like, you know, Cap interacts with himself in the one scene and nothing goes wrong and all that kind of stuff. So I wouldn't be – I'm kind of – I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I kind of think it's stupid when a director has to explain things outside of a movie, you know? I mean, I don't yeah, know how you guys feel about this, where it's like, oh, no, they have to, in order for the movie to make sense, the, you have to watch an interview with the director. You know, I don't know how that works, but like I said, this isn't a normal movie, so. But I don't know how you guys feel about it.
2: Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I can agree with you that it's it's good to leave things up, to. uh up to the viewers uh, interpretation. Um, but there definitely has been a lot of um, parts recently where the, the Russo brothers have come out and sort of clarified some stuff.
0: Yeah. And it's yeah, like I it, mean,
1: for me, for me, for me, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Noah.
0: Oh, no, I was gonna make a 2001 Space Odyssey joke. So I'll, I'll save it for later. <laughs> yeah.
1: oh, no, I was gonna say that the thing about those interviews and stuff, um, I've watched uh, other reviewers non-spoiler thoughts of the film. I know I got to watch a spoiler, a heavy review of one of the uh, a group of people that I follow on YouTube. But the thing about explaining movies and after the fact, and after you've seen them and all that stuff with directors and whatnot, I gotta be honest with you. When it comes to movies, I watch the trailer that's promoting the film, You know, to get a, I, to get a sense of what this film is and maybe get a sense of where the story may be going. But at the end of the day, I watch the trailer, I go into the theater, I watch the movie, I experience it for myself, I judge it on its own merits for itself, and I think about it myself, and I don't let anyone else or the directors and filmmakers influence my opinion, I don't let them influence what I'm going to think about it post-movie, like granted, I still have questions in my mind about Endgame, because like I said, some of it is confusing to, even though I'm a very smart person, I'm not the smartest man in the room, I will be perfectly blunt and honest about that. And as far as the interviews with the directors and producers and whatnot, I'll wait for that on the Blu-ray. Like I'm not worried about it right now. I just want to focus on the movie for itself. And then once the movie comes out on Blu-ray, cause I, I yes folks, I still collect Blu-rays. It's a fact. Um, when I get the Blu-ray, I'm going to sit down and watch the behind the scenes footage. Cause that actually helps me understand the film and the filmmakers thought process as they were making it. So that's what I focus on. All the promotionals, like, you know, the, the stars, the writers, the directors going on late night talk shows and making the press rounds and press circuit. I don't care. I really don't care. I know they have to do it because it's part of the studio. It's part of their job, but I just don't care. I go for the movie, man. I don't care what you're telling Jimmy Kimmel at 1145 at night when I'm sleeping. I just don't care. I'm sorry, but that's just the way it is. You guys can do it and make your money because ABC loves you guys, but I don't care.
0: That's a good way of going at it from the movies, but this will lead us into our next topic, which I think is the more serious of all the uh, grievances that this movie put towards, is that uh, a movie can be more, and this movie had a lot in it, but it could have had more in it. And by that I mean we could have, when those portals open at the end, we could have seen a a helicarrier full of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. come through, Um, But more importantly, we could have seen Daredevil, Punisher, Iron Fist, Power Man, and Jessica Jones all walk through those portals and kick some ass alongside the Avengers, but we never got it. So thoughts, everyone? What would you guys have liked to have seen as far as interactions with those characters in the Avengers?
1: Um, So
0: for me, I definitely
2: would have liked to have have seen them. I feel like so strange was holding all of those people and bringing them forward. He would have had to have known about daredevil. He would have had to have known about punisher and your back's against the wall. And, you know, just, just, just throw Frank out there and let him, (laughs) let him go wild. Like he, that's, 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 that's all he wants, you know? And so for Frank to just show up there with his gun and just, taking things taking people out that would have that would have been that would have been that would have been
0: really cool Well, give them some shield tech and stuff like that like give them some of the high-powered stuff that they don't give all the normal people and uh let them go to town on some shatari and uh, the yeah. black order that would have been awesome uh would have loved to have seen uh iron fist and uh luke cage go back to back brawling with some shatari and then them uh then uh would have been great to uh have um uh, misty knight come in as well since like her arm is like stark tech and everything like that and have some interactions with falcon like they do in the comics Mm -hmm. um yeah and of course jessica jones would have been awesome just to be i think it'd be great to see her trade lines with people like rocket raccoon and um and uh, all the other female characters um, in that one scene where they all team up, which is awesome, but it would have been way cooler if Jessica Jones was in that group as well. Um, what about you, Ryan? What do you think?
1: Yeah, you know, I haven't, um, full disclosure, I have not seen all the Marvel Netflix series. I mean, I know the characters. I know who they are. I basically know the setup, and I saw The Defenders. I just never saw Iron Fist season one or two, and plus people tell me season one of Iron Fist is like one of the worst ever. But I, I skipped I'm, those 2 kind of a yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'll go back and watch him someday. I don't know. But anyway, um, as far as the Marvel Netflix heroes, yeah, that would have been nice. I mean, I'm not losing sleep over it. But then again, it would have been nice to have seen, especially I mean, Charlie Cox's Daredevil. I mean, that guy, again, uh, I don't. he gets a lot of credit, but he needs to get more. He him does. as Daredevil is like one of my favorite character and character arcs and all of what they've been doing with the movies and the TV universe side of things i love daredevil it's my favorite show of the series of the you know marvel netflix character series jessica jones is right behind him in a close second i would have liked to have seen how because she thinks everything's weird anyway so it's like there's a talking raccoon i need another drink like something like that (laughs) like her just coming in with a wine bottle and just smashing people with it or using her powers and just choking a guy to death or breaking somebody's neck like you did like she did with killgrave i mean like that yes. that to me would have been fun and then daredevil and luke and then luke cage and our fists back-to-back would have been cool but daredevil and punisher back-to-back would have been nice and oh, daredevil yeah. and luke cage because those two are just fantastic and their interactions could be really cool but yeah would i've liked to have seen it yes but i'm not really gonna lose sleep over it but then again you know, you can always stream it up in your mind and have it play out there. But uh, yeah, and the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I've seen your show. Uh, I don't like it. Um, I don't care for it. So the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. not being there, that doesn't bother me at all. Because to me, they're like the lesser, not really... To me, anyway, not really valuable characters. I mean, I've seen a few seasons of the show, but not the most current ones, so I know I've missed out on a lot, but I don't want to watch it because I have enough on my plate. So Agents of Nada, no thank you. But the Marvel Netflix stars, yes. But Then again, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. But it would have been nice. But then again, it's the three-hour-plus movie, so we got a big burger in this. I don't know if you can add more meat to that patty. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think... Um... I think it would have been more effective if they had added in the Netflix characters over like any of the ABC shows, like the Inhumans or agents of shield. I think actually people watch more of the Netflix stuff than they do of those just because I see more of that online than I do of agents of shield stuff. And yeah. And, um, they, yeah. and they opened the door because they, they brought Jarvis from the,
2: the, the pay yeah. uh, show. Um, so, That's I mean, strange. they weren't, they weren't afraid to, to to go into that tv tv uh-huh. world but uh it was it just the uh, i guess maybe corporate overlords um at netflix and um disney don't work as well as uh corporate overlords at disney
0: and abc do so yeah exactly yeah um i'm hoping uh with uh with like the disney streaming stuff that maybe they start to integrate those characters more into the mcu cuz like in the first season of daredevil and in the first season of every subsequent um, the season of uh, that that shared universe on Netflix, they they reference stuff from the Avengers. Yeah, like they reference like the attack on New York of the aliens, and they reference Thor and other kinds of things. Um, and um, from what I understand, some I haven't watched Iron Fist, of course, but a lot of it refer- um, they reference a lot of stuff from Carmitage um, uh, and Doctor Strange and things like that. So ah. yeah, so it's. Uh, yeah. So like, I think, yeah, I think I'm hoping with like, yeah, the Disney plus stuff, they'll, they'll start to integrate those characters more into it. Okay. Let's beat that dead horse no more. Um, let's talk about the big, uh, let's talk about where this franchise is going to go next. Um, since like we just talked about the Disney plus things, you know, there's been a lot of shows announced, but not so many movies confirmed to be on the slate. One of them, they, 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 showed, they released a little bit of a, a, like a, a letterhead almost of the, all the titles that are going to come in this next phase. One of them, most excitingly, is a Fantastic Four. Um, but it looks like everything leads up to spider mans Secret Wars. So um, predictions there. Uh, do you think we'll see an end credit scene in Far From Home that will uh, lead us down that path? um so i'm not sure
2: if we will get that in the far far from home um and i'm interested to see if it's going to be a whole if it's going to be the beyonder you know putting i doubt the beyonder is going to put a coliseum in central park and have all the superheroes sort of wander into it and, and battle each other um but i i don't think i don't think we'll get that in far from home but that's because i have some other
0: theories about far from home yeah i've got some theories too and uh, maybe we should talk about that after this uh after we talk about secret wars uh ryan are you familiar at all with secret wars and like that event
1: uh I've heard of it, but no, I know nothing about it. I have no idea what's going on. This is where Ryan's (laughs) exit stage left and lets the experts take over because I have no idea what's going on, but no, I, whatever it is, I'm looking, you know, if they put it in there, if they don't, um, maybe they will, but as far as Spider-Man goes, they shouldn't put any post-credit sequences because the the MCU fans need a break. I mean, we just went through a very heavy load with Endgame. We're going to get a little bit more with Spider-Man Far From Home because that takes place right after the events of Endgame and that's Mm -hmm. fine. But after Far From Home, give me give me like a two three year hiatus, man. Because we've been through a lot as a fan uh, fan base. We've been through a lot as a movie going audience. And I think for me personally, I like I like the MCU, but I could also use a break as well. Because there's so many other franchises that are trying to make their name for themselves. You know, beat down some doors. And I would love to see what they're going to be doing. And then DC's doing their own thing with you know, was it standalone films? And that's fine. So. Do I think we're going to get something in Far From Home? Probably not. But then again, it's Marvel. They can pull the rug right underneath us and say, hey, remember when you thought it was all over with Endgame we're going to give you a break? Uh, no, we're not. Here's the next phase. Here's what we're going to be doing. Please enjoy this uh, appetizer as you wait for the next 50,000 movies that we're going to shove down your collective throats. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think that's a good that's a good opinion. I agree completely. Uh especially also to give Star Wars a chance in December. Uh, you know, like uh you know, I think we'd have, maybe it'd be good to chill out on um Marvel stuff so that like, you know, you can give Star Wars a you can give their other big Disney's other big action franchise uh a, a little room to have rumors around it and everything. Um so Matt, what are your theories about uh Far From Home? Uh, so
2: so I, th- I think of that I've read that Mysterio is claiming that he has been pulled through the, the multiverse yeah. uh, to Earth. And I don't think that that's true. Same. And I actually don't think that the, in the trailer, the, the Nick Fury that we see that uh, you know, sets up the, sort of the meeting with, with Spider-Man, I don't think that's Nick Fury. I think that's the chameleon.
0: Oh, I think i think yes. the
2: chameleon and mysterio are working together and so like all you guys see all these people that aren't really those people it's just the chameleon uh working with mysterio to sort of manipulate spider-man into to doing these things
0: oh i pray to god that you're right because that will be the best spider-man movie ever If that's the case. Yeah. I was hoping I I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, you know, Mysterio is going to be, end up being the secret villain. I'm curious as to his motives, why he wants to pretend that there's a multiverse and everything like that and what he wants to get out of it. Um, I love Mysterio as a character. I've always think he's sort of one of the more underrated Spider-Man villains, but I'm, I I agree with you. And especially with how homecoming had that great twist in the middle. Um, I think they're going to try to go for something similar. But Ryan, what are your uh, thoughts on the Far From Home trailer?
1: Well, uh, Wow. I think some of the your fans of your podcast may hate me for this. Uh, I haven't watched any of the trailers for Far From Home because I know that there were a lot of spoilers, especially in the very first one, which came out. The trailer was released long before Endgame came out. And I'm like, I don't want to know that. I don't want to know what's going on because I want to see Endgame for what it is and then worry about... Spider-Man being flying from home later. So I haven't watched any of the marketing materials. I don't want to know anything. I want to go in clear-cut, cold. I just want to see the movie for the movie and not... Most of the time, I'll watch a trailer before I decide if I'm going to see a movie or not. But with Spider-Man, it's like, it's MCU. You kind of have to see it if you're an MCU fan. So, And plus, it takes place right after Endgame. So I want to know how this is going to affect Peter Parker going forward. I want to see how it's going to affect the other characters in this movie, whoever they may be. I know Mysterio's in it. Jake Hall, thanks for spoiling that on Instagram. Um, and a few of the other characters in the Spider-Man lore are going to be featured in it. The- By the way, the whole theory about if Chameleon's pulling some strings... Please do because I want to see new villains on the screen. I want to see something we've never seen before in a Spider Man movie. I want to see Spider Man push to his limits and then some Mysterio being in there. I mean, I remember him from the animated series in '94. What up, Fox Kids fans? Uh, I oh, remember yeah. Chameleon from '94. What up, kids? So I know who you're talking about. I know these villains, I know them well, but man. That'd be cool if Chameleon and Mysterio were pulling some strings, but yeah, um, I haven't watched any market material. so I'm just gonna see the movies like everyone else.
0: Good for you, man. Good for you, man. What a Ryan bringing us down, being the the punk bad boy of the the geek world on this podcast, and Matt and I are playing it safe, man. Um, so that's that's a good idea. Yeah, I, I wish I could go into superhero films like that, but I'm gonna enjoy them no matter what I find out. So I, I'm like, oh, I'll spoil it all for myself. Um, Speaking of spoiling it all for myself, um, let's talk about uh, the newest news that is shaking uh, pop culture and geekdom. And that is Robert Pattinson um, announced as the potential next Batman and Matt Reeves, the Batman. So uh, what are your opinions on this? I'll start with you, Ryan.
1: All right. Uh, we actually, and we can talk more about this later. We did shoot a uh, video on our, my, our side of the fence with neuroculture, a short video talking about this news, but I'll just kind of go I'll on with what, I, with what I said with that. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Pattinson playing uh, Dark Knight, uh, my first choice? Heck no. Uh, would you be my second choice? No, but you know what? This guy's done a lot uh, for himself in the indie film circuit. I know he's grown a lot as an actor. I know he's matured a lot in his age. He's done a lot of different films and a lot of different directors with a lot of different projects. So I need to sit down, watch some of those films to get a better idea of who he is now as an actor and not just based my opinion solely on the fact that he used to sparkle as a little, as a teenager uh, to a, uh, you know, to a love interest to a young girl named Bella Swan in a pathetic franchise known as... (laughs) <laughs> twilight um so am i excited by this no not really i'm right now i'd say i'm 75 against 25 for it. just because i saw you robert in a film called remember me that came out in 2010 with emily de raven of the tv series known as lost good film you showed some dramatic chops not a lot but you showed some <laughs> And I'm looking forward to watching more of your films because right now I'm not the happiest person on earth with this news. But then again, I need to sit down, watch your films. And then a lot of people are saying he's a great choice and he was on a short list of actors to play this role. That's fine. And yes, I believe that is true. We've heard a lot of rumors over the course of time when Matt Reeves was first hired to direct this film that Pattinson, among many other actors, were on the short list for this. So that's understandable. So I may not be happy about it now, but I may come around to it later. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Matt Reeves the benefit of the doubt because he's a great filmmaker. He gave us the two Apes films with what was it, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and War for the Planet of the Apes. And War for the Planet of the Apes was one of my top 10 favorite films of that year when it came out, respectively. My hat's off to Matt Reeves. Very much looking forward to what he does with this iteration of Batman as it being a younger version of the character, bringing in the rogues, gallery of villains, and all that
0: good stuff. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, Matt, what do you think about that?
2: Yeah. So, um, I, I was, a I was a bit shocked about the, about the casting, but, uh, then I sort of, I, I thought about it for a while and I've actually, I think the only movie I've seen him in, uh, beyond uh, the Twilight movies that my wife had me watched, um, was, was oh, the right. Rover, was the oh, yeah. Rover with, um, Guy Pearce and he was really good in that. So, um, uh, that, that that kind of made me feel a little bit better about it um i'm just i, I think that he he has the look for it um you know he's probably going to he's probably going to bulk up a little bit uh for it but i i feel like he's got the look and he's he's got he's got some of the chops from from some of his other roles so
0: i'm um, uh once my initial shock wore off i, w- I was okay with it I think I'm too distracted by who's going to play the Fantastic Four that I kind of was like, uh, wasn't too shocked when Robert Pattinson was announced to play Batman. But um, to piggyback off of uh, what Ryan said, I'm such a huge fan of Matt Reeves and especially what he did with the Planet of the Apes movies. Um, And I love what he did. um, He directed Cloverfield as well, which is another underrated, really good thriller film. And he also did, um, I've not seen the original, but he did uh, the remake of um, Let the Right One In, just called Let Me In. And that's a really great underrated uh, drama horror film about vampires. So it's him picking another vampire to play Batman is kind of an interesting choice. So I think uh, I I trust Matt Reeves, and I've loved listening to his commentaries. I love listening to his interviews. Um, And when he was announced to play Batman, I listened to an interview with him. And his approach to storytelling and his approach to casting and is, is really, really, he has like really great integrity there um, with filmmaking that not a lot of big blockbusters directors do have. And he comes from a a really good school of like writing stories. Um, you know, he comes from the like the J.J. Abrams, Joss Whedon sort of generation of writing stories. So he's going to be, he's got a really great, cool, um, you know, storytelling style. Uh, but I think maybe even better than a lot of his contemporaries, because he knows how to Uh, Keep a consistent tone across his stories as well. So I I love Matt Reeves I could talk about him all the the whole podcast. So I sort of trust anything that he decides is best Um, Also, it came down to I know the two that they were really considering were Nicholas Holt and Robert Pattinson And I like Nicholas Holt more as an actor, but he doesn't have the Batman chin Like Robert Pattinson is so to piggyback off of what Matt said I was really happy that they picked Robert Pattinson because his chin will look better in the Batman mask than uh, Nicholas Holtz will. So, um, And I've not seen... I think the only two movies I've seen Robert Pattinson in is um, Harry Potter, Goblet of Fire, and um, Lost City of Z. And uh, he was good in Lost City of Z, and he's great in Goblet of Fire, so I really have nothing against him. So and I, I mean, like I've not seen a Twilight film, so I don't really have a, a fair judgment of that movie um, or that franchise. Uh, I know it's, it's, it's uh, crapped on enough, so I won't crap on it anymore, but I, I, I'm excited to see what he'll do more excited though. However, to see uh, who they're going to cast as the villains um, in this movie and to see how Robert Pattinson, if he, if he is Batman, because the the deal hasn't gone through yet to officiate, to officially make him Batman. Um, so I'm excited to see what will happen uh, with the villains actually more than I am with Batman, because I think Batman's only as good as the actor playing his villain, and I think that's something that's been consistent from Adam West as Batman, you know like like everything like everything has gone into like way more importantly, who's playing the villains than who's playing Batman. So um, unless you guys want to talk more about Robert Pattinson. Being Batman, I think we should talk about the villains. Um, so there are two actors on social media that are pushing to play villains in the new the Batman movie. And uh, one of them, who is a really who has a really big push and he's really trying to get in with Warner Brothers and Josh Gad. he really wants to play the penguin. And um, Warner Brothers has, I think has shown interest in casting him, but Matt Reeves has not made any comments as to who the villain is going to be in the Batman. Um, But then the next person that has made a big uh, social media campaign to play the Riddler in the movie is uh, Sebastian Stan, the Winter Soldier. So uh, what do you guys think about uh, those two? Uh, Ryan, we'll start with you.
1: Okay, Sebastian Stanis Riddler, sign me up. I'm down for it. He's already played a little bit of Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs in a little show called ABC's Once Upon a Time. Yeah, he was a Mad played Hatter. Mad, he was the Mad Hatter. I did watch yeah. that show. I was a fan of that show for the most part in the last season. Just, I didn't watch it because it looked like garbage. But um, his performance was great as Mad Hatter. He, he was Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, so he already knows how to play crazy. He knows how to play brainwashed. He knows how to play pick up a shield and layeth the smacketh down on anyone's you know candy behind. So I say, sign me up. I'm down for it. He needs to, you know, the Winter Soldier, he's been doing that for a long time. He needs to push himself to do other roles and different characters and other franchises. So go ahead and do it, brother. You want to cross the streams and go with DC and Marvel? Have at it, man. But as far as Josh Gad is Penguin, uh, right now I'm going to have to say no, because Josh Gad, all I see is a goofy dude. I don't see a psychotic, crazy businessman who has a place called the Iceberg Lounge in his back pocket with goons ready to pounce on the Batman so I I I don't see it I don't see it I mean he has a look to him but I don't see him as the penguin at all I just see Josh Gad and if he gets cast all I'm gonna see is Josh Gad I'm not gonna see the character I'm not gonna see a presence I'm not gonna see someone who could be intimidating and be a potential threat to Batman all I just see is is a goofy dude who's done a few dramatic roles and yes Josh before you yell at me I saw you in murder on the Orient Express you were fine, even though you didn't have too big of a part, but you were fine. And then I think you did another film, what was it, Marshall, about the, uh, the judge, the Supreme Court Judge of Marshall with uh, Black Panther himself, I believe it, or no, or is it the, yeah. So he was in that. I haven't seen it yet, but I heard that film was good. Uh, Chadwick Bozeman plays uh, Marshall, I believe in that. So I need to watch that to see how more of his dramatic chops are. But right now, all I see is a comedic actor, and plus Josh, you being in Frozen and Frozen 2 and your spin-off movies centered on Frozen isn't doing you any favors in my book, pal. <laughs> I hate Frozen with a fiery passion. I That film just, oh, it's so overrated, so overblown. So I'm hoping he doesn't get cast, but then again, if he does, it's Matt Reeves. I have faith in you, Matt. Not so much in Josh, but we'll see where it goes. What do you guys think?
0: Well, Batman is just—you know—it's always been controversial. Whoever plays anybody in Batman, oh yeah, you know, very true. People so, hated
1: the fact that Michael Keaton played Batman. Exactly.
0: Batman. Yeah, no one thought anyone. Every every iteration of Batman has come with its own controversy about anybody Criticism. playing anyone. So, you know, them casting someone like Josh Gad, which you know, well, he looks the part, of course, and you know, but he wouldn't be anyone's first pick to play the penguin and neither would Danny DeVito, you know, that kind of thing or anything like that to play the penguin or, uh, of course, you know, the big one being Heath Ledger, no one would want to, would have wanted to cast him as the Joker. So, um, I think, but I think that there's a hubris in most actors who sort of are like throw their hat in for every Batman villain because Heath Ledger played the Joker where they're like, no one saw him giving such a great performance. So I kind of almost feel like some actors throw their hat in just so that they can feel like they're in the same boat as Heath Ledger and uh, who arguably gave like the greatest performance in a movie ever as the Joker. So I think everyone's sort of lining up to give their next greatest performance in a movie ever. Um, that's sort of uh, but yeah, what do you think, Matt?
2: Yeah, I'm i uh, I'm in agreement with the, with the Josh Gad um, as, as, as the Penguin. I'm not really thrilled with that, uh, with that possibility. Um, one of the people that, uh, and I don't know if this person's pushing for it, but one of the, the people I've seen people throwing out for for the Riddler is uh, Alfie Allen. He's on uh, Game of Thrones. He's uh, oh, from John Wick. He's, um, yeah, he's um, yeah. He's who? What, what is he's great. He's Greyjoy. What is his first? Um, Theon Greyjoy. Yeah. So I've seen I've seen I've
0: seen some uh, people pushing for 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 him to be be the Riddler. Oh, he'd be great. Uh, um, yeah um Sebastian Stan as the Riddler wouldn't be bad either um mm-hmm. I've only I've not seen him in much but I think his performance in I Tanya was beautiful as far as playing like a really wicked um but manipulatively evil person as far as like he's really good at turning in psychologically complex parts and I was afraid watching that movie that I would just see Winter Soldier mm-hmm. but Sebastian Stan's got really great action chops and I haven't seen much with Josh Gad so I don't know what he'd be able to turn out. I'm a big fan of uh, the original cast recording, a book of Mormon. So that's my thing for (laughs) Josh Gad. So I'm like, Hey, you know, um, he'll be funny. So, uh, but yeah, I I would like to see Alfie Allen mainly because that leads into our our third topic, but Alfie Allen um, I've only seen him in John wick and in the new, the predator. And in both films, he plays completely mental, mentally unstable characters. And uh, John Wick—he's a whiny little um, brat boy. And uh, in um, the Predator, he's like a—he's like a psychopath, and um, like a quiet psychopath. So, uh, what's his character like in Game of Thrones? Is he sort of like the like uh, like sort of like a vindictive, evil, spoiled brat in that as well?
2: Uh, he starts off that way. Um, much like everybody else in Game of Thrones, he's, uh, he, uh, he, he witnesses some and faces some hardships, uh, which change him along the way. But he certainly started off as sort of a, uh, uh, entitled, uh, entitled brat. So yeah, that, that, that seems to be, uh, one of the characters he could play.
0: Yeah, he's the one that gets his, uh, his thingy cut off, right? I
2: think uh, the, the, the one of yeah.
0: one of probably half a dozen people in, in yeah. game of thrones again poor guy to their off. yeah 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 poor little guy um yeah alfie allen I'd, I'd like to see yeah and especially since he's um i find that there's like uh there's a curse being attached to any big franchise and stuff like that especially something like game of thrones you're basically like being attached to this generation star wars or this generation's lord of the rings So you could have that curse Mm -hmm. of someone like Orlando Bloom or uh, anybody attached to that franchise who basically couldn't get parts afterwards because they just saw them as their characters, their iconic characters. So Mm -hmm. with all three of these guys, Josh Gad, Sebastian Stan, Alfie Allen, all three of them have very strong pop culture presences and uh, giving them roles where they can redefine themselves and give themselves another role to look back on and be like, yeah, I also did that. You know, I wasn't just Olaf. I wasn't just the winter soldier. You know, I wasn't just uh, yeah. the castrated boy from GM Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, but uh, so I- I'm excited for the Batman to see where it goes, especially now that it's not going to be a part of like the, the DC extended universe. It's going to be its own thing. I'm excited for them to go back to that for Batman. I think he works best in his own movies, you know. And until they get a really competent director to bring him in with the rest of the Justice League, um, I'm happy with him being a standalone movie. But what about you guys? What do you think?
1: Um,
2: I, I I'm sorry, I I zoned out there for a oh, second. that's okay. But, um, Brian, why don't you why don't you go there?
1: Sure. Yeah. No problem. Um, with. Yeah, was Batman being his own thing for sure? That's fine. Um, I'm one of the few who actually championed and was still on board with the DC cinematic. That's I call it the DC Cinematic Universe because DCEU is just it's a terrible name. It's just yeah. it's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> uh, no, fa- no offense, WB, but you need you need some more notes and some more writing. But anyway, uh, DC Cinematic Universe. I actually enjoyed. For the, I, I enjoyed it for the most part. There were some bits and pieces of certain movies that could have been. T- picking it out or didn't work for me in certain movies in certain cases, but I was still on board with it going forward. Like after justice league, I'm like, okay, was the film great? Absolutely not. But it was still enjoyable for me to say, I want to see where these characters go. I want to put this team, keep this team rolling and see where it goes. And then they said, eh, wrong. We're not going to do it. Everything's going to be standalone from now on for the foreseeable future. I'm fine with that. Let the, let the, you know, let the heroes play in their own sandboxes for a while. And then once they get a clone of Kevin Feige, or someone who's like Kevin Feige to come in, steer the ship, put together a plan that actually works for a full-fledged DC cinematic universe. Sign me up. I will do it. But uh, for now, let Batman play in his own sandbox. I'm down for it. I look forward to seeing what they do with this. You know, if this becomes a movie and it, you know, the movie comes out and it's great, give Matt Reeves his own trilogy. He did it with Planet of the Apes, for the most part. I mean, Rupert Wyatt did the first one, but still, let Matt, let uh, Matt Reeves, or yeah, Matt, let Matt Reeves do his thing. So we'll see what happens.
2: Yeah, I uh so uh thinking about it, yeah, I I agree. Um and I think maybe they could play more with like the uh the world's greatest detective aspect of it and make it less make it less a uh, you know, detach it from that superhero world where he's he's just a man with tech and instincts and great skills that's got a problem and he's got he's got to solve it. So you can certainly pull him out of all of that and and put him into that world's greatest detective role. So
0: yeah see something more I'd like to see something more like uh an adaptation of Hush or Long Halloween yes. and that kind of tone where it's there's a there's a lot of action in there, but there's this great overarching mystery where you like it's a genuine mystery where like you as the reader don't know what's going on um uh, I think more like of the Long Halloween because that book uh that book is so much like that that book I remember reading it and having no idea who to expect to be the killer in the end. Um, and that's something that I would love to see in a Batman movie. And I think if someone's gonna do it, it would be Matt Reeves to do something smart like that. All right, let's talk about um Alfie Allen's uh next most iconic role, and that's as uh Yusuf in uh John Wick, the first one. And let's talk about the John Wick movies in general. My favorite film franchise currently is John Wick. And both of you guys know that just from Ryan, you know my social media. Matt, you're my friend. You know all the, you've gone to conventions with me and you've seen me spend loads of money on John Wick merchandise in whatever way I can possibly find it. Um, and your sketchbook. And my sketchbook and my, my drawings in general, you know, large percentage of it is John Wick. Um, and then of course I have, yeah, my, I have two of my commissions that I've asked from artists are John Wick. So I, I love, I love the character, love the world. I have since I first saw the first one almost now five years ago. Um, I've just been invested and uh, loved the movies, read the comic book series, you know, listened to the soundtracks, uh, just eat up whatever material I can find on these these films. Um, I think they're just visually striking, uh, emotionally compelling as far as just, a, you know, a movie about a guy who wants to survive or just wants revenge because he, his dog was killed and his dog represented his wife leaving behind something for him to mourn with you know just this this movie built out of a simple this 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 trilogy built out of a simple premise that makes sense you know when you watch it but not when you explain it so it's just it's just this conundrum of a film that should not be as good as it is um but it really is uh for me at least um i think probably still right now my personal favorite is the second chapter um, and but i want to hear your guys' favorite of the two that I have, uh, that you guys have seen, um, now that chapter three is out in theaters.
2: Okay. Um, so for me, uh, I'm going to have to go with, I, I, I think I would pick, uh, the first one as, as mm. my favorite, um, just sort of, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, a you know, it's a straight, almost a straightforward revenge story. Um, and I felt like the second one got a little bit bogged down a little bit with the, with the hotel and the, where you you, you, know, uh, you, you couldn't take out hits while you were there. Um, uh, so I mean that, that, that stuff was good, but it's just sort of, and they probably needed to do it for a sequel. They needed to expand the story, but I just sort of, I just enjoyed the first one more.
0: Yeah. The second, and I would say now having seen the third one are very much so, uh, like split into thirds Um, whereas the first one is like you said a very straightforward story it introduces you to a little bit of this continental universe Mm -hmm. Um, but you get you still get like the main emotional uh, like you know story driving the plot whereas I would say the second movie and especially now the third movie a lot of what's driving the plot is building this world out um and then you I think the motions are still primary, but like a large secondary is filling this universe with more detail. Um so yeah, I, I think yeah, so I think yeah, you're, you're, uh your your uh your 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 point about it being a lot more complex is 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 a completely valid one. Um Ryan, what are your favorite ones?
1: Man, if I had known you were this big of a fan of John Wick, you should have joined
0: us at Awesome Con. There was this guy dressed up as John Wick, and he looked like a I know perfect, I like, saw that. Of, yeah, did you <laughs> uh, see that? So he was like jealous. a clone
1: of Keanu. I'm like, yeah, Geez, this guy has the suit. He has the stuffed animal puppy. He's got he maybe wish mean, I had
0: only gone more than one day. I was so uh, so jealous that you guys met that guy. Yeah, yeah, uh,
1: yeah. we had a good conversation with uh, with him and his girlfriend. It was it was insane. They were wonderful people. But anyway, uh, aside from that because I could talk about Awesome Con all day. Um, the John Wick movies, my favorite is uh, 100% uh, John Wick Chapter 2, because the first one back in 2014, I saw it with a group, with a small group of my friends, and I liked it. I walked out of the theater liking it, but I didn't love it like a lot of people did. A lot of people said it was great, humongous five stars, one of the best action films I've ever seen in their lives. And I'm like, I don't know if I go that far. It's a good movie, but it's not necessarily great. But then I it took me a long, it took me until a few months ago. I actually finally saw chapter two. I know folks, I'm late to a lot of these parties. I humbly apologize, but I did catch up. Okay. So don't, don't throw me under the bus just yet. Chapter two, I watched it on Divida. I absolutely thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. I loved it so much. I liked the colors and the neon lights and the settings and the darkness and the grittiness and the vibes and the, the catacombs underneath the of Rome, and everyone telling Wick how to put his suit on, how to put the weapons in his pockets, and then the guy turns to him and says, do enjoy your party. I mean, it's like, <laughs> this, is, this is what I want, man. Why did you, I, I love it. it. It was like 31 flavors rolled into one. It was a great meal, great ice cream, great dessert, however you want to, whatever kind of metaphors you want to throw in for good measure. I love Chapter 2 so much that after I rented it on Divida, I went out the next day and bought it on Blu-ray, son. That's how much I love John Wick Part two. So, love part two. I need to go back and rewatch uh, the first one to see if my opinions may change. Maybe my likeness of it may, may go up. Maybe it may go down. I don't know. I need to do it on the rewatch. And by the way, John Wick, I promise you it's going to happen. I'm going to see your threequel because I love the trailer. I like the vibe. I like, like I said, I just like the colors. I like the colors in John Wick. I love all the colors that they use and how dark and neon and cool. It's just, it's like, it's ice cold. It's just cool so very much looking forward to seeing John Wick 3 uh, Parabellum I believe it's called so can't wait I have no idea what Parabellum means John but I'm looking forward to finding out what it what it does mean and then you got a pack of dogs you got Holly Berry you know at her age kicking tail taking names like nobody's business so sign me up can't wait to see your movie and review it on all the different podcasts and channel whatever else but yeah, chapter two is my favorite. And so much so that if I can, I'm going to find a John Wick 2 poster and I'm going to put it in my portfolio. Maybe I'll even get it framed and put it on my ridiculously good-looking wall of fame. So we'll see about that. But John Wick, two thumbs up for part two. Look forward to part three. Back to you at the
0: desk. You know, it's it's the first movie. It's like I, what I see it like as far as criticisms of the first movie is, is that if you're not hooked, by the dog being killed the movie is completely ineffective to the viewer you know like if you are like if you're not grabbed and like motive like if you don't feel the anger that uh of john wick in that moment like then like everything after that will seem as lame as as possibly can be is sort of what i find to be the main criticisms and uh so that's sort of like where like when i talk to people about these movies because i love them so much I have to understand why like people are like, no, I watched the first one. It didn't make any sense to me because why would he kill 88 people because they killed his puppy? And then I explain it to them and they're like, still don't get it. And uh, like, but then then the second film, uh, like then the second film, you know, if it gets, it can be too much with like, as far as the world building goes. And um, I'm interested to see what the criticisms of the third film will be because I, I loved it to death. And uh, these yeah, these films are just sort of, what i love to see in movies but um more especially i love to see this sort of uh this movie not just trying to make a comic book movie cuz it's not based off of a graphic novel it's not you know it's not based off of any pre-existing material whatsoever but like it almost could be a comic book movie with how it's framed with all the colors how saturated it is with the tone you know it feels like something that was a graphic novel at one point and it lends itself to comics and artwork so magnificently Um, it's, uh, it's just such a great franchise. I'm so excited to see if they keep doing them, excited to see if they do the, they ever get to do that continental TV show that they've been, uh, that they've been teasing. Um, such a great, such a great movie, uh, such a great series. Um, love them to death. We'll always watch them. We'll always love them. We'll always defend their honor in any arguments where people say that they're not high <laughs> art. Um so uh this uh love John Wick. Um but yeah just to close out our conversation Ryan um why don't you tell us about what's going on with you? What are your projects, your podcast, your YouTube channel, your um other YouTube appearances. Uh tell the folks about that.
1: Sure. Uh I've been uh doing a couple of different things lately. Uh this thing I uh, been doing i have a podcast that's called the nerdcast where i talk about the latest goings-on in the world of movie news primarily because i used to do it between movie and tv news but tv there's too much of that man i can't keep up with all them flavors all them channels all them genres i can't do it uh that's why movies are my babies are my they're pretty much my first love so i talk about movie news on that uh we have a youtube channel my team and i it's called nerd culture travis is our uh you know uh, project manager if you will he's our director he's the big guy, and. Uh, we put together videos talking about certain nerd related topics, whether it be movies, TV shows, comic books, anime, video games. Uh, we do Battle of the Nerds, where we do like trivia competitions here and there. We do some fun uh, videos. We have Nerd Ventures, where we go out to comic book stores or comic cons. And yes, our footage and coverage of AwesomeCon 2019 from our nation's capital, of DC, is up on the channel right now. Feel free to check all that out. Um, other stuff that I do on the side, outside of that, uh, I do movie trivia. I love movies. So I compete in movie trivia matches that are held on different fan movie trivia leagues that were inspired by the major league which is called the movie trivia schmodown which you can find on youtube uh it's all there they have their own channel uh they've been going on for about four or five years now uh it's incredible the fans of that uh, movie trivia schmodown such as myself and others put together these fan leagues so that we can compete on uh, you know on you know in a way on our own and show the folks at home our knowledge of movie trivia and how we are and how much we love movies and share our passions with the audiences around the world so i competed in singles matches team matches uh, inner geekdom type matches uh, in this case it would be uh, fandom fights matches and in full metal's case it would be full metal geek matches so that's what I've been doing. Uh, Full Metal Trivia is one of the fan movie trivia leagues you can find on YouTube at Full Metal Trivia. And then uh, Multiplex Entertainment is where they do, uh, once again, uh, inner Geekdom type matches, general movie trivia type matches. They do uh, movie, uh, they do, sometimes they do movie debates, sometimes they do movie, or excuse me, they do shows about top 10 lists and why your list may be good or maybe it's bad. We don't know. Um, there's movie debate leagues on full metal or through full metal, another league of that. And um, it's just been a blast, man. I absolutely love competing in those matches. Granted, I don't win single one, but that's okay. Uh, in the end, because you learn a lot more from losing than you could win from, could learn from winning, excuse me. So, that stuff is available. It's up on the up on their channels. So you just go to Full Metal Trivia or Multiplex Entertainment. They're great. They're wonderful admins there. They put together all the matches. They write the questions for each match. So they have writers, uh, editors. They have hosts. I mean, it's just it's a full operation that these channels do, and I respect them for doing it. And it's great content. It's entertaining. It's fun Uh, if anyone's interested you know they are always looking for new talent and you know if you want to put together a team you and another person you can try to compete in the teams division Uh, just hit them up on Facebook uh, on their Facebook pages you know Full Metal Trivia and Multiplex Entertainment they'll take care of you there and um, uh, you know other than that that's 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 pretty much the extent of what I've been uh, up to what I've been doing I just love movies and I like to watch them I like to critique them my dream uh, when I graduate from school right now because I'm studying electronic media and film is to become a film critic. Granted, there's a million of them out there, and I know it's hard to separate yourself from the pack because there's just so many of them now, and YouTube is just a big uh, playground. It's very, very hard to make yourself stand out from those other content creators, and that's I I get it. It's understandable. Um, If I make it, that's great. If I don't, hey, at least I can still critique movies for fun and do it for free and not get paid for it because... Whether I get paid for it or not, it's not really the point. The point is I want to share my passion for movies with the audiences and I like talking to other people about it and I like doing these podcasts with you fine gentlemen. I like, I've like i appeared on other podcasts, uh, around, you know, the country. And I I appeared on one guy's podcast and he's stationed over in England. So it's, it's been a blast, man. I absolutely love it. I got a movie collection of the, of the kazoo. Uh, I have diva does. I have VHS tapes. Yes, people, you heard me right. VHS. (laughs) I know that's taking you back a couple of decades. If it's before your time, that's fine. Uh, look it up on Google because they're fine and it's like a fine wine. Sometimes VHS tapes are just, they just go and they get better with age. Uh, so I got that. I play video games on the side if I'm ever in the mood for it. But mostly my passion is movies and checking out comic books and just just enjoying geekdom, man. I love nerddom. I love it all for the most part. And um, I just want to keep this train rolling until the day I eventually perhaps need to be one with the Force and the Force is with me. So we'll see how it goes. But that's pretty much uh, what, if, what I've been doing. And, uh, you know, it's, if you want more information, just let me know. I'm here to help.
0: Awesome. And we'll put all the links to all your social media and your YouTube channel and your podcast in the show notes for today's episode. Um, yeah. Matt, you want to talk about uh, projects, uh, why faith and my kingdom for a panel?
2: Yeah, sure. I have uh, I have two I have two uh, anthology stories that are currently in crowd uh, funding. Um, Why Faith is a, a story I did with Wilson Gandalfo, who I made my first comic book with, and that's that's on Indiegogo. So if anybody goes on Indiegogo and searches for Why Faith, they'll they'll, they'll see that. Um, and the other thing is, as uh, a comic that, uh, a story that Noah and I have in the My Kingdom for a Panel uh, Kickstarter, um, Noah had the idea, he had the plot for a story called Wherefore Are You? I'm sorry, Wherefore Are You? And it's basically, we've been, we've been kicking a few uh, sort of motifs around, uh, Shakespeare in space, Shakespeare with mechs. Um, and that's on, that's on Kickstarter right now. Um, so if you go on Kickstarter and you search for my kingdom for a panel, you'll see those and those, uh, those, uh, both of those campaigns are about at the halfway point. So they, they, they could use, uh,
0: they could use some attention. Definitely. Yeah. And, um, if you guys would uh, leave a review and uh, rate and, uh, so that would help us find some more listeners. Um, that would be great. Uh, also always subscribe. Um, Also, you can find us at Twitter. Our Twitter is at ConstructComPod. No I-N-G. It's just ConstructComPod. Our Instagram is at ConstructingComicsPod. And our Facebook is Facebook.com slash ConstructingComics. Um, Again, we'll have all the links for Ryan's uh, media in the show notes. Uh, Mm -hmm. Thanks again for listening. And we'll see you next time.
1: Bye.